You're glad to be at church this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in our series, uh, Be Rich. How many of you enjoyed this series? You've enjoyed it? If you got a Bible, turn to 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 18. 1 Timothy 6, 17 18. This is our theme verse for this entire series. It says, Command those who are rich in this present age. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, You're rich. Look at your other neighbor and say, Not as rich as me. In this present age, not to be haughty. Well, you've already failed that one. Just kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. Nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Amen. We put our trust in God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. See, we believe that we, God gives you things to enjoy. He doesn't want you broke, busted, and disgusted. He wants you to enjoy life. Amen. Let them do good. Come on. That's what, this is our Be Rich Challenge. That they be rich in good works. Come on, ready to give, willing to share. Ready to give, willing to share. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you'd speak to the hearts of your people. Let no one leave the same and let every life be changed. And everybody said, amen and amen. You know, uh, I grew up in church, and most of you know this, I... I kind of, uh, my dad is a pastor, and, uh, and so I grew up uh, always at church, always in the, anytime the doors were open, we were there. That's just the way it was. And, and one thing that I always had to do that was not an option, it was just something that it was, it was going to happen whether I liked it or not, and so I just did it willing, was this. I had to tithe. I mean, I had to tie. It wasn't, my dad would go, would, would be curious, how much did you get for your birthday? Not because he, he was wanting to know, you know, well, how much you did, but because he wanted to tell me how much I needed to tithe off that. He would, he would see how much I got for Christmas. He'd say, you need to tithe off of that. And, and, and what a tithe is, if, in case you don't know what it is, it literally means ten, uh, a tenth or 10% of your income. And so uh, my dad would always, it was just not an option. And you know, the thing is, is that at the time, I always thought it was a little bit unfair when I was younger. I thought, man, this is this is a bummer. You know, I got I got ten bucks and I got to give a dollar away. You know, every dollar counts. Come on, Dad. You know, this is a big deal. But then now, then today, I realized something that he was instilling something in me that he believed would change my life. And then if I would start doing it from a young age, I know a lot of people that say, oh well, you know, when I make more money, I'll give. The truth is, is when you make more money, you won't give because it's more money that's going out. That's it's just the way that it works. But, but I started at a young age, and I started to give, and it was just something that was natural to me. I did it all my life. It was just part of who I was. Now, fast forward, and, and Crystal and I, uh, when we got married, uh, Crystal uh, d- didn't grow up in church, wasn't really a Christian, you know, but, uh, but man, she looked good. And so... Uh, she started coming to church, and she, she gave her heart to Jesus, and just, I mean, sold out for God, and then we ended up getting married. And the truth is, is that we had talked about everything. Come on, you know what it's like in the first days. You talked about your hopes and your dreams and what all you're going to accomplish and how many kids you're going to have. You should talk about that kind of stuff. And we talked about everything, but one thing that we never talked about was tithing. Never. It's just not like, oh yeah, you know, it just doesn't really come up in conversation very often, you know. And and uh, and so we got married, and uh, the, my first paycheck after we got married, I told her, "You're going to write a check for the tithe." And she looked at me like a lot of you are looking at me, and thought, "You're crazy! Like, what are you? 
What are you kidding me? Like we don't that that's that is insane. She thought this is. I think I was making about. 12, between twelve and fourteen hundred dollars a month, I was loaded, you know, and uh, and so, but but for me, one hundred and twenty dollars that month is a lot of money if you only make twelve hundred. And uh, and she goes, are you? This is, are you sure? Like, I don't know. We don't have a lot of money. We we don't have a lot of extra. Are you sure we want to do this? And I said, absolutely. It's a part of who I am. It's part of what we're always going to do. And uh, so the I didn't know this, but she said the entire time she was writing the check, she was shaking. Like, I mean, like nervous, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? This is crazy. I can't believe we're actually going to do this. And she wrote the tithe out, and then she pulled the check out, and as the bucket came by, she dropped it in. Now, then, I didn't know this. She had what we call giver's remorse. Has anybody ever had giver's remorse? Like, you think, oh, man, I got caught up in the moment. Like, like they, they were pulling on my heartstrings. And we try not to do that here at the church, you know. But the thing is, is that she started having giver's remorse. And like, oh, my gosh, what did we do? Like, are we sure we can? You're not brave enough to actually go ask the pastor, can I have that check back? Like, I, I, it was crazy of me. I it was not thinking clearly at the time. But uh, she, she had uh, giver's remorse, and she went home, and she was worried about it, and she wasn't sure if this was going to work out and if we'd have enough at the end of the month. But at the end of the month, we had more than enough. And so she did it again. And she wrote a check out first of the first of the month, and and uh, she did it again, and she she put put it in the uh, offering, and it went by, and every every time that she did it, it became easier and easier and easier for her to do. The reason why is because she saw that God was faithful and He was going to take care of us, and it wasn't uh, we weren't dependent on my income, but God was going to bless us and take care of us. Now here's the thing: as your pastor, I love preaching messages about hope. I love preaching messages about mercy. I love preaching messages about grace, and I love to encourage you. In fact, this next series that we're going into is all about peace. Come on, how many of you need some peace during Christmas time because you got those loud, obnoxious uh, relatives? Amen. But, but here's the thing is that we all understand that I love to preach those messages, but I would be amiss if I did not tell you about tithing. Because tithing literally has changed my life. I believe this. The Bible says that you'll lay up an uh, inheritance for your children's children. And I believe that because my grandparents, I, I was asking my Nana the other day, I said, Nana, how long have you been tithing? She says, as long as I've, I can remember. I, I mean, we've tithed all of my life. I, I, we got married. We tithed off of my, uh, gra- my grandpa was in the military. We tithed off of his salary. That's what we did. And, and, and I believe this, that I'm reaping part of her harvest. I I just believe that. I believe that she laid up an inheritance for me. And I believe that it's not just a physical, uh, uh, tangible thing. It's something that God continues to bless. I believe that I'm blessed because my parents were tithers. And I believe that my kids are going to be more blessed than me because I'm a tither. And we continue to just pay it forward. To continue. See, the thing is, is that you uh, you can sow a seed and it might leave your hand, but it can't leave your life. God says, try me in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. Man, it's good preaching. 
See, the thing is, is that we, most of us don't understand. I had, I've had a lot of people that, that have come to this church, a lot of people that come to the church, and we talk about it. We give a little, this is my first actual message on, a full-blown message on tithing at the church. I don't do it all the time, so don't worry. But, but we, we give a little bit of a message at the front of the service and just talk about uh, tithes and offerings and, and, and we pass, before we pass the buckets. And the deal is, is that uh, there was people that have come to this church that have never had that happen before. They've never been a part of anything like that. And so curious, they would come to us and ask us why, well, tell us more about this tithing. Tell us more about it. And so we'd begin to explain it to them. And as we'd explain it, they'd say, okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. I, if God says it, I want to do it. And then they, they come later and they say, why did my pastor not talk to me about this? It has changed my life. It has made an impact in my life. Like no, no other thing has since my salvation. Why didn't somebody love me enough to tell me about it. Let me tell you something. I love you enough to tell you about it. I love you enough to tell you about it. Here are some reasons why I tithe, okay? I'm just going to give you reasons why I tithe. Now, you can take it. You can apply it. You cannot apply it. We still love you. I don't, let me just say this. I want you to understand that uh, I'm not going to pass the buckets at the end of the message, okay? You're not going to get another, oh, he's going to, I know what he's going to do. He's going to get the keyboard up there at the end of the message, and he's going to really try. I, I know what this is. I've been there. Nope, it's not going to happen. Listen, this is something I am giving you information to take home. And, uh, but, but, and, and I want you to also understand that I did not have an elders meeting or a, a trustees meeting and we get together and go, oh man, offerings are kind of a little bit low. We really need to preach. No, this has been something that we planned out a long time ago because I want to inform you. I want to talk to you. So y'all are a giving church. We're, we're doing, we're very blessed. We're thankful for everything that comes in. We're able to do so much. We have uh, church. I, I had churches come up to us the other day and they said, man, uh, you're the only church we give, we give to the Methodist church because they have an awesome food bank, and we're feeding 120 families a week. And, and they go, you're the only church that's giving to another church. Why are you doing that? It's because we believe that we are here to make an impact. And if somebody else is making an impact, we'll come along beside them and help them out. Amen. Here's some reasons why I tithe. Are you ready? You can just write that down. Reasons Brian tithes. Okay. The first one is, I believe tithing is a test. I believe tithing is a test. I could go into a lot of different things. I, I love that God chose a percentage. The reason why he chose a percentage is simply this, because he, it, it, it's, uh, number one, it's fair to everybody. Right? It doesn't matter if you make uh, uh, $30,000 a year or you make $300,000 a year. It's a dime on every dollar. It's fair to everywhere. I, I could go into it that 10, uh, you go through the Bible and you'll see that 10 over and over and over again represents a time of testing. That's just the way it is. So, but, but, but how many of you get paid uh, once a month? Raise your hand. Raise your hand once a month. This is not, uh, I'm not going to, tr- okay, once a month. Uh, how many of you get paid uh, 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 twice a month? Anybody? Twi- oh, a lot more of those. How many of you get paid Every week, raise your hand. All right. How many of you never get paid? Come on, lift your hand up in this. Amen. Amen. Well, if you ever do get paid, I want you to understand that, that, that uh, you, you have to understand that there's a test in the Bible, and that test happens every time you get paid. It's just the way it is. It happens every time you get paid. The question is, the test is this, who are you going to worship for your in, with your income? 
A lot of us, the first person we pay is not, we don't, we don't give God anything, we give Visa everything. It's okay. We give, we, we give, we give, uh, we, we give all this stuff away. And the thing is, is that God has the opportunity and, and is willing to bless you. And Visa can't do that at all. And so who are you going to worship with your income? That's the question. That's the first test. See, the thing is, is that God does not, is not after your money. He's not after your money. He, the Bible says that the streets are paved with gold. He doesn't need your money. The church is doing good. Everything's going well. That's the, just the way it is. But the thing is, is that God is not after your money, but he's always after your heart. See, he wants your heart, and he knows this, that the Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me tell you something. I could sit back, and you could show me your finances, slide me your finances across the, uh, uh, slide your finances across the table, and I could look at it, and I could tell you exactly what you love most. I could tell you exactly, this is what you love, this is what you value most in your life. I could tell you exactly what it is. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will. Some of you love cars. Come on, how many car people do I got here? There's nothing wrong with loving and, and having nice cars. There's nothing wrong with that. If you like cars, that's good. But the problem comes when the car has you over, uh, uh, over God. That's, that's when it becomes a problem. I see people that put money, uh, some of you, your house is your, uh, is the first thing that that's what i mean it would be everything decorations come on some of you shopping you know it's shoes come on somebody i know i ain't getting no amens but that's the truth some of you 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 got to look at i could tell you some of you it's musicians come on i i I, you you love instruments i'm passionate about collecting instruments i love it and and the deal is is that when you understand that where your heart is see god none of us woke up this morning i don't think and said well should i go worship satan or should i worship god like satan god Uh, i don't know let's no but the thing is, is that God, because God knew that Satan was not the ultimate, uh, his, his ultimate competition. It was stuff. It was your stuff that was your ulti- the ultimate competition. So when he begins to pull on your heartstrings, he begins to say, listen, this is, this is what I want you to, Malachi 3, 6 through 12. Let's, let's read it. Malachi 6, uh, 3, 6 through 12, excuse me. For I am the Lord, I, am, I do not change. Come on, say, God does not change, right? Therefore, you are not consumed. Thank you, God, <laughs> O sons of Jacob. Amen. He's like, I, I don't change. That's why I don't kill you. Uh, yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. This is God. This is not a preacher. This is God talking. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Come on, that's the church. Over and over again, you'll see it in the Bible. The storehouse or the house of God, all of that is the church. That there may be food in my house, and try me now in this. One translation says, test me now in this. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Nearly done. 
And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Over and over again, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Come on, I don't know about you, but I I love the way this works. God's saying to try me, to test me in this, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much you cannot receive it. How many of you like that promise? Amen. See, there's a lot of promises in the, in the Bible that just you just get because God's good. But there are some promises that are contingent on what you do. That's just the way it works, right? There's some, there's some things that, that when you do, God says you do and I will do. You do it, then I will do it. And this is exactly what this promise is. Uh, let me, let me get Jimmy, get up here. Jimmy, Brad, and Cole, get up here. All right, so let me just uh, let me just say, okay, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna be going on a pretty long trip. I'm gonna be gone for a while. All right, guys. Now then, um, here's the deal: is that while I'm gone, I, you know, I love I love Crystal. I love my wife, and I want to take care of her. And uh, and so I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna send y'all each one of you ten thousand dollars a month. No, <laughs> it's not real. This is an illustration. <laughs> Some of you are like, hallelujah, calling the boss, I quit. Um, $10,000 a month. Now, here's all I ask that you do. Is I ask that you, you every uh, first of every month, send her a check for $1,000. You can keep 9000 just for your effort and just for taking care of her. You can keep 9000 of it to yourself and, and do whatever you want with it. But $1,000 a month, I want you to send to Crystal. And then a couple of months, a few months go by, I call Crystal and I say, hey, honey, how's it going? How are the guys taking care of you? And she goes, well, yeah, uh, well, we could talk about it. And uh, Okay, well, uh, tell, me what's, tell me what's going on. Well, uh, Brad is, is really faithful. Every month, first of every month, he sends me $1,000. Man, it's awesome. He does an amazing job. He, he takes care of me, and, and, you know, it's good. Okay, well, that's great. Well, what about Jimmy? Well, Jimmy, he's actually uh, uh, really awesome because he sends me 2000 and, uh, and my, I have an incredible shoe budget. I have a ton of money uh, to go do whatever I want with. And so it's, it's amazing that he sent. And I'm like, well, why does he send 2000 I just asked him to send 1000 What? He's going over and above. He's really taking care of you. That's awesome. Then I'd say, well, what about Cole? Well, Cole's a no good, sorry sucker. <laughs> because Cole, the first month, he sent me 750 and then, uh, and then the, the, the second month, he gave me, uh, I think he sent me $300. And then this month, he's failed to send anything at all. All right, y'all can go sit down. Now, let me ask you a question. What am I going to do? If, if Cole isn't taking care of my wife, I mean, I've given him $10,000 a month, to, to, to just, and, he, and I said, you can keep 9000 of it, just send 1000 and he failed to do that. Now, what am I going to do? I'm going to take that money from Cole, because he's not doing what I asked him to do, and I'm going to give it to Jimmy, probably, and, and, uh, and some probably to Brad. That's just the way it's going to happen. See, the thing is, is that I wonder, Jesus said that I'm going away on a trip, and I'm going to be gone for a long time. Now, let me just give you a little history that the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. 
And he says, I'm going to give you ability, and I'm going to give you uh, ways to earn money, and all I'm asking for you to do is to take 10% of your income and give it to the church. Take care of my bride. That's all I want you to do. Let me ask you a question. Could tithing be more personal than we realize to Jesus? Could tithing, let, let me just say this, that, and, and I'll, uh, that 5% of the church tithes. Five percent. That means that we are doing all that we're doing. Not this church. That's every church. We are doing all that we are accomplishing with five percent of people's income. That means that ninety-five percent of people believe the church isn't worth having around. Right? That's just the way it works. And and here it is: is we got to understand that it could be a lot more personal to Jesus, right? Uh, uh, the, 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 the number one reason that I get for people not tithing is this. They say it's in the Old Testament and it's under the law. It's the number one reason that I get. I'll, I'll have people talk and I'll say, hey, you know, okay, whatever. But let, let me just say, I, I'm going to show you scripture here in just a minute where uh, tithing happened before the law. It happened after the law. And it even happens in the New Testament. Okay, so, but, but even going off of that logic, let's just go off of that for a minute. The truth is, is what kind of logic is that, that it's under the law? There's a lot of things that are under the law that we still abide by. Right? Uh, the, let's, let's take one. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Right? Because there's a consequence that comes if you commit adultery. Your wife will kill you in your sleep. Right? I don't want to die, right? And then that brings me to the next one. Thou shalt not murder. Come on, that's... There's a lot of things that we live by that are under the law. Okay, let's just... Uh, but we, we, we take these things and we, we... Oh, well, it's under the law, so it doesn't apply to us. Here, uh, Jimmy, give me your wallet. Give it to me. Amen. It's a Louis Vuitton. Come on, somebody. Uh, I'm just going to keep that. Just going to keep it. Because, you know what? I'm a Christian, and I'm under grace... And, I, and, I, and the law doesn't apply to me anymore. And everybody knows that it says thou shalt not steal is in the law. It's in the Old, it's in the old Testament. So it no longer applies to me. Does that make sense to you? Huh? Does it, it sounds ridiculous, right? Because there's a consequence that comes with stealing. My consequence for stealing Jimmy's money would be get a beat down in the parking lot for stealing Jimmy's money, right? That's just the way it works. Is there any money in it? Yeah, there's a lot of money in it. Amen. The thing is, is that we have to understand that just because it says it's in the law, or it's in the law does not mean that it doesn't apply. Come on, we read there, it says that I am the God that does not change. Right? Y'all getting something out of this. The second reason I tithe is I believe that tithing is biblical. Tithing is biblical. Come on, we got to move. Genesis 14, 8 through, 18 through 20. Genesis 14, 18 through 20 says this. Then Michal, uh, uh, sorry, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram of, God, of the God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then, then it says this. And Abram gave him a tithe of all. 
Now, I want you to hear this because the reason why I'm reading you this scripture is because this is 500, uh, nearly 500 years before the law. Nearly 500. I could actually show you a scripture that's 2,500 years before the law where the tithe happens. Turn to Genesis 28 through 22. We see Jacob here. It says, In this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. Come on, here it is, God's house again, right? And of, of all that you give me, I will surely give a, how much? Tenth to you. He's talking to God, right? Uh, this is Jacob. This is about 400 years before the law. Let's read uh, Leviticus 27 through 30. It says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. That's the reason why God can say that you have robbed me is because God has set the tithe aside for himself already, right? Uh, now let, let's read Deuteronomy 26, 1 through 2, and we'll do 13 through 15. It says, And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring from your land that the Lord your God has given you, and put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. Come on, that's talking about church. And it says that you shall take some, uh, uh, go ahead, go to the next one, 1350. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house and also have given them to the Levites, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. Come on, it's going uh, not just to the church, but I'm also giving uh, above and beyond, going to other places, right? Come on, that's what our Be Rich Challenge. According to all your commandments which you have commanded me, I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning. Come on, when everything was going bad, I didn't stop tithing. I have a lot of people that say that. Well, I tried it for a week. You don't plant an apple seed, and and if it's not out there the next week, you just, oh, well, it's no good. Uh, it, it takes time for things to, to, to reach a harvest, right? It says, uh, 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 un, or nor given any, I've removed it from unclean use, nor given any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and bless your people, Israel, and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Now then, uh, let me ask you a question. What if Jesus himself were here and said, I want you to tithe, would you do it? Now, the, the sad thing is, a lot of people have to think about that. That they really would have to think, well, I don't know. Jesus could be looking you in the eye and say, I want you to tithe, and you'd have to go, well, I don't know, you know. I'm not sure. No, I know you gave all. But I just I don't know that I can give you that. Now, what if what if you what if I could show you a scripture where it's actually in in red in the Bible in the New Testament where Jesus said it? Would you tithe? Would you tithe? I'm going to show you the scripture. You ready? Matthew twenty three twenty three. It says this: Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others, what? Undone. 
Here Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says, listen, I want you to understand something, that you're doing good, you're tithing, you're taking care of all of that, that's good, but you're, you're neglecting some weightier issues, you're, you're, you're neglecting justice and mercy and faith, that's important, you've got to understand that that is really important to me, you should have done the other and still take care of the stuff that you're doing, that's exactly what he's saying, you can look at it any way you want and that's the way the Bible says it. These you should have done without leaving the others undone. means don't stop doing what you're doing, but start doing something else. Jesus himself is saying you need to tithe. How about this? Hebrews 7, 8. says this. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there Jesus receives them of whom it is witness that Jesus lives. See, the crazy thing, and I don't know about you, but this is amazing to me because we pass a bucket in a church and, 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 and here mortal men are collecting them. Just normal people are collecting these tithes and they're going into church. But I love this because it says that Jesus is receiving them. So that means that when you drop your tithe into the bucket, Jesus himself is receiving your tithes. I don't know about you, but that makes it such a personal act of worship for me. Because I'm sitting here going, God, you've given me so much. You've blessed me so much. I'm dropping it in a bucket here on earth, but I know in heaven you're receiving it. That, that it's something, it's an act of worship because I'm saying, God, you are uh, first in all of my life. Not just part of my life, but all of my life. Let me tell you something. The God has my heart. When he has, when he, he knows that if he has your wallet, he has your heart. I give, I, not only do we give tithes now, Crystal and I, but literally God can speak to me in a service in a moment and I'll give whatever he tells me to give. That's so far beyond that where I started out. I've given cars away. Why? Because God can speak to me in a moment because I understand that when I drop something in here, that he's receiving it there. He has my heart. The last thing is, tithing is a blessing. I got to stop. Luke 6, 38. says this, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I just want you to understand that tithing is a blessing on two different ways. The first way it's a blessing is it's a blessing to me spiritually. Because I know this, I'm giving to something bigger than just myself. The second reason I give is because it does bless me financially. God says, give, and it shall be given to you. It blesses me financially. My daughter and my wife were sitting on, a, uh, on the beach, and we were on our uh, uh, vacation. And Crystal gets overwhelmed with emotion on occasion, and she just started crying. And she looked at uh, Braley and said, Braley, I, I want you to know something, that we never had any of this when I was growing up. We didn't get to go on vacations like this. We didn't get to do this kind of stuff. And Braley looked at her and said, listen, Mom, the reason why is because your mom didn't know about tithing. And the reason why we're so blessed is because God has blessed us exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask. See, here's the thing is that my daughter understands that everything good and everything blessed in our life is because God in his goodness and his mercy has looked down on me and said, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, 
shaking together. See, I don't just teach this here. I teach it to my kids because I really believe it will change your lifestyle.